Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's so wild. Isn't that crazy? I remember oh, when, it's yeah. such an ancient term. And we still use it, which yeah. is wild. Totally wild. Okay, yeah, no, that's that was I like I enjoyed that tangent. Thank you. <laughs> And welcome to the Book Jar podcast, where both me and my friend Megan discuss book-related news and topics on a bi-weekly basis. How are you today, Megan? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I can't say bi-weekly, which we just found I out, know. which is fun. It's it's really great. And I, I think we should just keep having you say it. Just, just, just for the torture walls. torture you. Yeah. Just for the... Just <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, so how this works is each week we pull our next topic from the Book Jar, which is located right on the table here if you're watching and just believe us if you're listening and uh, we discuss that topic for the duration of the podcast um so we did pull a topic last week we're gonna be super secretive about it as always mm -hmm. um so we're first going to talk about our most recent reads so what have you been reading since i saw you last i finally finished emma i'm Jane so proud of you Austin. i'm proud of myself it was so <laughs> rough guys guys let me tell you <laughs> the first part of this book is so hard to get into. I think once I like realized what was going on and like actually was invested in the characters yeah. and like Emma's life and stuff, then I was like, oh, I can actually sit down and like take an hour to read a bunch of chapters mm -hmm. and enjoy it. And like, yeah, like you said, the ending was the ending's worth it's it. It's satisfying. The ending was very satisfying. Yeah. So. If you are interested in a uh, classic novel, try that one. Very good. And I will do a review on that sometime and post it. Yeah, we will uh, catch up on our reviews because I, I think we're both behind. <laughs> Just a little bit. I know I am for sure. Um, yeah, so I, I read three books, um, which I like, I say it and then you give me a look like I feel like I'm bragging about it. I'm not trying to. I feel to. like three books is like meh for you. Oh, it is meh. meh. Yeah, I felt <laughs> You know what? You're right. I could have done better. Yeah. Um. So one of the reasons I didn't do better was because of Villette, which is uh, by Charlotte Bronte. I talked about this last week. I was in the middle of reading it, so I did finish it. I have a lot of thoughts. Um. My review for that one, I actually like don't even know how it's gonna fit into an Instagram caption. Like I might have to like post it somewhere else because yeah, I have just a lot of thoughts. Story graph or something. And yeah. Put a link. Yeah. Put a link. Um. Like, I might have a shortened one on Instagram. Yeah, I might do it that way. Yeah. Uh, so we... <laughs> I, I, I had a hell of a time getting through this. It was beautifully written. I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it was, like, the worst thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> Just torture. Um, <laughs> so, like, I did out all my ratings already. Because I always do the ratings and then I go back and I add the commentary. Mm -hmm. And uh, my post-reading rating is real low. Because at the end, I was like what why why did you do that and like now having like thought it through and actually like digested it I, I understand the ending a lot more and I've mm -hmm. come around to like it a little bit but it was hard for me to read that ending because she leaves it like she half leaves it open but very heavy heavy-handed to a very like sad ending oh. so I, I didn't really enjoy that. I, I read 600 pages to get I to a very, very sad. Satisfying, not. Yeah, yeah, it was very, like, unsatisfying. Aww. So I was a little disappointed in that. Um, and, like, so I wrote that it contained, like, just such a cruelness. And I do want to talk about this a little bit later. So I'm going to talk about Jane Eyre a little mm -hmm. bit later, which is also by Charlotte Bronte. But there's there's something very different about how they were written like you can tell they're written by the same author but Jane Eyre feels like an aspiration of what life can be despite all the struggles that mm -hmm. a person goes through and Villette feels like the epitome of unfairness and injustice like just when there's a little bit of happiness it's snatched away and like constantly throughout the novel and uh the one thing that has gotten me like really confused about how I feel about the totality of this book is that I feel like this is how Bronte experienced life mm -hmm. is that it was just grossly unfair and random 
And that's what it feels like. It feels like she wanted to remind us of how utterly cruel life can be. And I was just like, I wasn't ready for that because I had read Jane Eyre. Yeah. And a different tone to it. Very different, like, ending. Very different, like, understanding of the world. So what's this a little blurb of Billette? Because I don't even really... Do you even have a little blurb? Can so, you sum it up or is it just So two? very, very simply, it is yeah. about a um, English woman who leaves England to become a teacher of English in a small village in uh, France. Okay. And it's all about kind of her struggles of overcoming things like um, depression and overcoming life struggles and like loneliness and that kind of thing is very like isolating and it there's kind of, there's a whole bunch of little side stories in it which were actually really interesting and one of them is that she actually keeps seeing a ghost oh okay which is very interesting and it's resolved in a very interesting way um but it's also a little bit of like her learning to live in that world and her meeting up with people that she knew in England mm. Um, so there's lots of, like, characters that come in at the start that recur close to the end. Um, yeah. I'd say that's, like, a very basic blurb. Yeah. I'm definitely not doing the whole story justice. No, that's, it's that's 600 fair. pages. Yeah. So there's I a mean, lot more. It's enough for people to kind of know what they're getting themselves into. Yeah. So. I would say, and, like, in my little blurb I've done of my review already, I've done, if you, you should read this expecting, like, not a happy ending. Don't read this if you're looking for a happy ending. But uh, it, it beautiful writing. I think I have like like twenty quotes just from the book that I mm-hmm. wrote down in my phone because it's just so beautifully written, yeah. which is what I love about Bronte. So not overall, not completely disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> I did also finish two other ones, so I tried to swing right into like the most contemporary thing I could find on my to like to be read shelf. Um, so I read someday, someday maybe by Lauren uh, Graham. Mm-hmm. who apparently, I didn't know this before I started reading it, but apparently she played the mom in Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Which is super too. fun. Yeah, that is fun. I love that Like she branched out into something yeah. different. I love it. So I actually thought this was a very cute read, uh, but I it was so funny because we just recorded our DNF episode. <laughs> and about 50 pages in, I was like, Phew, I don't know about this one. I wouldn't even say that. I would say like 30 pages in. I was just like, the beginning was rough for me to get mm-hmm. into for some reason. Maybe because I just read Billette and it was very heavy. Uh, but it was actually quite wonderful. Like I'd highly, I'd, I'd highly recommend it if you like contemporary romance. I thought it was super fun um, and definitely dealt with some themes that still take place today, even though it takes place in the 90s, which okay. is, so it had a very like friends feel to it. Yeah. Is how I would describe it. That's a good way. A lot of people love Friends, so they might love that book. They do also mention it several times in the book because she's like an aspiring actress. (laughs) So, yeah, it is about an aspiring actress and kind of her journey to not stardom necessarily, but just finding success. Okay. And valuing success, I think, is a big, like, theme in the book. Mm -hmm. It's just like, how do we value what we've done? Mm -hmm. Um, it was actually quite well done. So kudos, the mom from Gilmore Girls. Good job. <laughs> um, and then lastly, I did at your behest. Actually, I finished. Yay! Um, and I'm gonna get the name wrong. A beautifully foolish endeavor, mm-hmm. um, which I do have a qualm with, is that endeavor is spelled wrong by my Canadian eyes. Um, there's a U. There's supposed to be a U. Yeah, right? there's supposed to be a yeah. U. But that's okay. I'll forgive him because he's Americans. American. I'm just kidding. Americans. We love him. <laughs> um, I don't want to spoil too much about this book because obviously it is part of a duology um, mm-hmm. by Hank Green. Um, so it follows, um, again, I'm make sure, an absolutely remarkable thing. I always try to mix up the words in the names. There's a lot of like, big words, though. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. It's fair. <laughs> um, so it does uh, immediately follow that. Um very different themes being explored from the first to second yeah like there's a continuation of the conversation like especially around social media Mm -hmm. but there's definitely like i i think he he dug a lot deeper into this one um very enjoyable very fast paced you're gonna love it so i'm not gonna leave it there but um we do the continuation of the carl story 
I'm right. excited because I really enjoyed the first book. I know you were so. you're bugging me to read it so you yeah. can borrow it. Yeah. So it is now yours yeah. to borrow. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> All right, and that leads us to this week's topic, which is what books had the best endings. So I took this, I'm gonna just jump right in. I've been talking yeah. lots, but I'm gonna just I'm gonna jump right just in. Just do it. Um I took this as satisfying. So I didn't take this as happy. I didn't take this as anything like, you know, made me necessarily always feel great, mm-hmm. but the most satisfying ending. So they might have left me with a little bit of a bittersweet taste, taste but th- they were satisfying by the end of it, looking yeah. back. I, I took it the same way. Like, I have a, the books I have, they all have, like, very different endings, and mm-hmm. I enjoyed them for different reasons, and I know other people probably wouldn't enjoy those same endings mm-hmm. based on those reasons, so... Okay, yeah. so I've been talking lots because I had a couple of reads to get through. So why don't you start? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my first one, um, and, and you know, everyone knows this book. And if you don't know it, you might have heard of the movies. And if you don't know the movies, then you live under the rock, probably. Yeah. So Harry Potter and mm-hmm. the Deathly Hollows by, you know, how we ain't gonna mention her name. No. Um, And I just, like, I picked this book because, like, you go through this huge journey with these three, like, awesome characters, and I read them when I was in junior high, so it's just, like, you kind of, like, grow, you watch them grow up, mm-hmm. and you just, like, love watching their journey, so to me, I just thought the ending was very, like, like, again, satisfying, like, it's just, you don't want anything bad to happen to them, like, you mm-hmm. want them to have a happy ending, they've been through all this stuff, um, and for those of you who don't know, the main characters are like Harry, Hermione, and Ron. And they basically are just like this iconic trio mm-hmm. that go through all of these things together. And so I just loved that they got an ending they deserved. And it just it just made sense. Like I'm not and there I consider there to be two endings. I consider the last chapter as like an ending. Yeah. And that's when, you know, I is it really a spoiler if I, I don't think it's at this necessary. point? I also, I, this is a this is a good time to say it. I should have said it earlier, but we will be spoiling at the ending of the book. Yeah. So, so if you one... hear a name that you don't want to be spoiled on, and I I suggest putting down our podcast way more than I should. It's not good advertising, but <laughs> maybe put this one on the shelf. Yeah, and put it on your to be listened to pile. Yeah, and. Come back to it when you've read the particular story, but it's going to be very hard to talk about these stories without at least spoiling a little bit. A little bit. And, yeah, so for Harry Potter... Major spoilers. Yeah, and the Deathly Hollows. Obviously, the main villain, Voldemort, dies. Like, he... They defeat him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just... I just... I don't know how to describe it. I just think it was just very... Like, this is what Harry was working towards. It just kind of pulled together pulled everything together and then even in the epilogue like the last words are literally all is well like what else do you need for your favorite character i did like that i liked the all is well i know lots of people had qualms about like oh like what he named his kids and stuff like that and whatever you can dissect that that's totally fair i don't think those were like i got the purpose of doing that mm-hmm. but I didn't really I didn't know if that those were the best choices or whatever oh, yeah, yeah but I did like the all as well that was like I, such a simple ending and I yes. I did when I read it and at the time I thought it was like how else do you end this mm-hmm. and what a great and at the same time what a great way to end yes. it and like I was even just reading up on why the author chose to do all as well. And originally she was going to have something to do with like scar being the last word. Yeah. And that like kind of leaves it up to these re- like readers to be like, oh, there could be something else. It felt like something else was going to happen. Yeah. So it's kind of nice to be like all as well. And it's you kind of just, you take a deep breath, let go. And you're like, I, that's all I need. I finished the seven books. I finished my time with these characters. Yeah. And I can move on and I'm happy for them. I think this is why in many ways people, and I don't, I don't want this to become a conversation about the author who shall mm-hmm. not be named, mm-hmm. but I do think this is why a lot of people were hurt with how mm-hmm. the story wasn't let go mm-hmm. on social media. Yeah. Because you gave a great ending. Mm-hmm. And 
a, a fair ending to yes. this story. Yes. And one that didn't imply that there was going to be something like, yeah, leaving it on a scar, having never hurt in so much time brings the question of is it going to start yeah and so leaving it on all as well was actually a really nice way to just like it felt final which was the nice thing about it I think for me and it was the ending that they the the characters deserved Mm -hmm. without making it too too heavy-handed I think the epilogue got a little heavy-handed yeah but the last line was good and I think this is where a lot of people were like, why couldn't you have just left it there? Just, or, yeah. or, like, explore other stories if you needed to go back into that universe. Mm-hmm. Of course, I disagree with most of the things she said on her Twitter, if oh, not all of them. Yeah, 100%. So we're not talking about her. But, and yeah, that's... I do agree. Like, as yeah. something that was, like, very important to me growing up. Like, yeah, that was kind of a great ending. Yeah. And I think, and that's all it can be, is just a good ending to a good you know, journey, and mm-hmm. that's how I take it. And, like, I don't, other than the movies, I haven't ventured too far in anything else it's so related hard. to the world. Yeah, <laughs> it's so hard to wrap up this series, too. Yeah. So, like, A Throne of Glass, I know that's a, a big one that a lot of people have read. I actually really didn't like the ending because it felt... Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything about this one, so don't worry if you haven't <laughs> finished it. But I didn't like how neatly it all wrapped up. It felt like it felt too heavy handed. It felt a little bit too convenient. It has to be realistic. And I just, I did like, like also the experience of loss of the characters wasn't like, there were people, characters we really liked that died Mm -hmm. in that last fight. And like, there was like a lot of things about that. And like main character, like very big characters too. Like, um, like the three got out. Okay. But not everyone around them did. And that Mm -hmm. felt like, just real enough to accept that the three got out of okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, like, there was a sacrifice made there. I also, like, another big one I actually really liked the ending of. I know it's come under a lot of scrutiny, but was The Hunger Games. Yeah. I liked the fact that very opposite of Harry Potter, where it didn't actually end, where, like, all was well. Because, yeah. like, all couldn't be well mm-hmm. after what they went through. And I was actually considering talking about that one, too. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I agree. Like, if you know, if these authors know their characters well and they know their stories well, yeah, then write the ending that you want and don't write the ending for necessarily your readers or... Or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I actually want to jump into another one because you said, um, if you know your characters well. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I got very passionate about this one when I was thinking about it. So the ones were meant to find by Joan Key. Yeah. Um, spoilers to cast me. It's not Joanne. I have said that. <laughs> um, but it's Joan. Um, so we've talked about this lots on the podcast, and apparently, I feel very passionate about not only this novel but the ending of it. Um, and actually, about how like the more I think about it, the more this was the only ending that I would have accepted mm-hmm. as good from this author. So I'm going to take a step back. So for those who don't know or for those who need a refresh, uh, The Ones We're Meant to Find tells the story of two sisters, uh, Celia and Casey. Celia is a vibrant, extroverted social butterfly. And she's woken up on an island with really only one clear memory uh, being this overwhelming understanding that she has to find her sister. Uh, Then we have Casey, who's an introverted, analytical, and often like unfeeling girl who wants to know where her sister has disappeared to after she took a boat out into the middle of nowhere. And uh, the story is told in fragments from both sisters' points of view and reads like a sci-fi mystery at times. Okay, this is a relatively newish novel, so just once again for our listeners, if you do not want this spoiled, skip ahead a little bit, Mm -hmm. because I'm going to be talking very, very explicitly about the ending of this particular novel. Uh, so that has been your spoiler warning, and here is the spoiler. So the book eventually reveals that Celia or C actually died at sea. So the actual sister had died at sea. The C whose story we've been following is a highly advanced AI, mm-hmm. um, whose purpose is to determine when humanity, who are all in like these cryogenic sleep chamber kind of things, um, can wake up and re-inhabit the earth when it will be safe for them to do so. I'm not going to discuss why that would take, like, far too long. Yeah. <laughs> um, upon discovering this, he finds her sister, um, kind of, like, under the ocean, um, which is a whole trip in, in and amongst itself. That was a journey. Yeah. Um, 
she's asleep and she wakes her up. And uh, Casey reveals that C is an AI and that C is not the actual Celia um, who died at C. And that the next thing that is about to happen is Casey's going to effectively kill C by shutting her down. And then Casey will awaken the rest of the humans. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kind of in stages, it's all explained in the book. Uh, C freaks out, for lack of a better word, leaves Casey trapped, basically traps Casey, I believe, back in her little, like, chamber thing. I think so, yeah. And understanding, and there's a very good understanding that she's only going to survive there for a couple more days, like, nor then the sister will have died. Uh, Casey will have died. Uh, C effectively tries to return to her life on this little island. I'm not going to spoil too much around there if you haven't read it. Um, because you should, um, but, and she kind of just attempts to unravel what she should do. Like, it seems like she's made a choice in that moment, but she keeps going back to whether that was the right choice. And she still has that overwhelming urge to go find her sister. So that's still there. Um, the last thing, um, like, it's very complicated. So she either has to allow Casey to live, which will result in only her death, or she kills Casey either goes back there and kills Casey or leaves her there and destroys the entire human species. It's quite a choice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what I love about this ending, um, oh, there's a couple things, but what I think is so wonderful about how he chose to end this book is we don't know. We are left. Our last glimpse into this world is beautiful. It is of sea swimming in the ocean. Um, thinking about diving down to where Casey is. And she, we know she's about to take some sort of action, mm-hmm. or it's very kind of implied. Uh, so we know she's made a decision about what she's going to do. We know that her feelings about this are firm and clear, but we aren't privy to what that clearness has led her to, which I think is really interesting. So the first reason I love this, and this applies to your knowing your characters, I freaking adore that the last image of this book is we that we have is sea swimming. So mm-hmm. throughout the book, the major theme is that sea is very obsessed with the water and there's kind of like an affinity here. So I love that the last, no matter what you think happened, the last image we are left with is sea in this like glory of being yeah. in the ocean. And she's just like content and... Content. Yeah, like... And happy and clear. Yeah. And it is such a such a beautiful way to finish the novel like that was just such a great ending and the reason I love so the second reason is that I love that we aren't told what happened so you know this I'm a huge fan of well-written open endings mm-hmm. well-written being very key here yeah um they f- these these novels force the reader to decide what they think happened and in this particular novel deciding what seed chose our decision on what we think happened reveals a lot about what we think about humanity mm-hmm which I think is super interesting. Do we actually think people are worth saving, no matter how badly they've destroyed their own world? Do we think one life is worth the cost of humanity? Do we think love is stronger than duty, or is duty stronger than love? And to that point, what even is our duty to each other? Do we have a sense of need to fulfill something to each other? Mm -hmm. And... Like, these questions are too big for the answer... for the author to have answered herself. Oh, yeah. So I love that she leaves it up to us and our internal reading of the book and also our opinions of humanity. Um, It's chillingly well done, to be honest. Like, she didn't overwrite it. Yeah. I love, love that book and that ending. And that's why I made you read it. (laughs) I encourage everyone else to read it. And I just, I'm so curious how she came up with, like, idea like I wonder if she had an ending already in place and worked backwards or if she just I don't think she did so I think she had a scenario so I I've I've critiqued her for choosing plot over character a little bit and I do believe that happens and Mm -hmm. I still stand by that and that's where I think that ending was determined so the part where C finds out and then she is Casey is like I'm gonna basically destroy you that part was predetermined I think she worked backwards from there yeah and then, but then you're left with how the fuck do I solve this, <laughs> right? Like, how do you finish out that? Because either you see her go down there and kill her her sister mm-hmm. and make that choice, in which case, I guess you'd be left with them on the island because she has met someone now on the island and they live together and then yeah. that's it. 
Or do we get to see C's last minutes of life? Like, neither of those are easy or simple or really going to feel wrapped up. And leaving her swimming and you determining what she does is so powerful. And it's just so well done. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think I think that was a result of her predetermining yeah. everything else. I just think, like, we could probably literally do a whole freaking podcast episode about this book. Because even just, like, I just, I can't. I'm you, not can't gonna st- you can't start? I, I can't start because I won't stop. So Okay, perfect. I, I, I'm, that's a good choice. <laughs> Thank you. Um. So the next one I have is The Kite Runner by Khalid Husseini. Oh, this is interesting. Yeah. So I did Google because I love seeing what people online. And I like knowing if I've missed any big ones. Mm-hmm. And this one came up and I haven't read it. So it's I read it for college. Okay. So it probably wouldn't have been a book that I would have picked up at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I haven't really thought too much about it until like recently. Like just starting this podcast and like remembering mm-hmm. what I read and stuff but um so for those people who read it just a little synopsis and are you okay if I give away spoilers uh yeah <laughs> like I'm 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 a little sad but I'll live okay so go I, it's not too it's not too too spoilery yeah that's okay I'll try not. so um 12 year old Amir is desperate to win the approval of his father and resolves to win the local kite fighting tournament <laughs> to prove that he has the makings of a man his loyal friend Hassan uh, promises to help him for he always helps Amir. But this is the 1970s Afghanistan. Hassan is merely a low case servant who is jeered at in the street. Although Amir still feels jealous of his natural courage and the place he holds in his father's heart. But neither of the boys could foresee what would happen to Hassan on the afternoon of that tournament, which was to shatter their lives. After the Russians invade and the family mm-hmm. is forced to flee to America, um, Amir realizes that one day he must return. Um, to find the one thing that his new world cannot grant him redemption. So it basically takes part through like a few different like time frames yeah. and parts of Amir's life and stuff like that. And yeah, redemption is a huge theme in this book. It's freaking heart wrenching. <laughs> like it's absolutely heart wrenching this story. So if yeah. you want to read it, like it is a good book, but it's it's hard. It's a hard one. Um, so basically the last scene is of Amir flying a kite with his childhood friend Hassan's son, Sorab. And in this scene, like, it's just, it's, it's important because, like, the main character, Amir, it seems to almost have some sort of hope for redemption at the end. But you're not sure if there's, like, that redemption yeah. there. Um, so basically... It's like he's reclaiming his past and that he's not actually psychologically psychologically triggered by the kite fight. Because at this kite fight, there was this traumatic event mm-hmm. and it's been following him his whole life. Like, that's why he has to go back to Afghanistan and try to make amends, basically. So, um, he, this kite, like, so he's flying a kite with this kid and it's actually back in Kabul. Mm-hmm. And so you would think, like, throughout the book, he thinks of Kabul as, like, this negative place, this negative experience, because he had mm. all these, like, he had to run away because of war. So, we finally see in his view that Kabul is actually, like, it's joyful. Like, he's having this joyful experience. Mm-hmm. Um, he also offers to be the kite runner, which means, like, you go and you pick up the kite after it's fallen, basically, and then right. you can bring it back. So... When he was a kid, Hassan did that. So it was kind of like he was in duty to Amir and he was was that person bringing back the kite. Whereas at the end of the book, he's retrieving the kite for Hassan's son. Uh, So it's like the roles have been reversed. So you kind of get like this, like, is this him like redeeming himself? Yeah. Is it kind of, yeah, just like showing that Sarab could be his redemption if he takes care of him. Yeah. So, and you actually get like a little smile from Sarab, which is very significant because he's, as soon as Amir meets Sarab, like he's just silent, like doesn't talk to him. Like he's mm-hmm. gone through, he's gone through stuff himself. Um. So yeah, you just kind of have this, you're left with this feeling that maybe Amir can, you know, find 
peace with what he's yeah. gone through. Maybe he can make a difference for his friend's son. Like, yeah. there's so many things that are still left to be interpreted. But I just really liked that about the ending because it's not like, it's not a happy book. It's not that very happy book that you're yeah. like, you know, you know you're going to get a good ending. It's just that this is kind of what you expected with the tone of the novel. And it was just subtle enough that you knew that either these characters are going to both work together and have, you know, a better life together, or maybe they won't. But yeah, you just, it's up to your interpretation. I, this, this is a question that I feel like is interesting. So you said that there's, there was a lot of questions left at the end of like, is this his redemption? Mm-hmm. Is this his moment? Or is there something else? Is there hope or is there not? And you were kind of left to grapple with that. Mm-hmm. And this is what I love about open-ended books. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily, like, not all books are open-ended that leave these questions, but I think really good endings leave enough of a question that we think about them, but not so much that we feel unsatisfied. We feel like there is a little bit of resolution. Like, that is a beautiful image to end the story on. Like, I I don't, I just heard you talk about it for, like, two seconds, but, like, it's a beautiful image. And so it made you think about those things. And, like, that's what made it a good ending, right? And I also love endings like this because it's, like, we're just looking at a snapshot of these characters' lives. So it's, like, we're not necessarily yeah. privy to, like, someone we meet on the streets' lives. Like, we don't know what's going to happen to them. So it's yeah. just, like, it makes it so much more realistic. Like, okay, like, I just learned about pieces of this man's life. And he's going to go live it. And whatever happens, happens. And yeah. it's, like, satisfying because that's how... It should be. I don't know. That makes sense. Yeah, it's not too <laughs> deterministic, but it's also not, it didn't leave you unsatisfied for the parts that you saw. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. I did see that one on a lot of lists, which is very interesting that you also had that experience, that it's just yeah. like a very satisfying ending. Um. Yeah, I think, I think, I mean, I have a couple of those on my list, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to... I'm going to jump gears a little bit. So I just complained about Bronte a little bit. (laughs) So I feel like I need a little bit of a redemption arc for her. So uh, Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte is actually made my list for a very satisfying ending. Um, So for those of you who haven't read it or watched any adaptations or heard anything about Jane Eyre, it tells the story of a young girl who goes through womanhood. Or a young girl as she goes through to womanhood, as she deals with very real life problems of the time. Uh, Jane... faces numerous hurdles in her life. She by no means has an easy life. And in fact, the novel begins with her coping with an abusive family, mainly her very, very cruel aunt. Uh, From there, she's sent to sort of boarding school in which she's abused and ostracized. And eventually she ends up working as a governess um, and finds herself in the employment of one Mr. Rochester, who becomes the main love interest. Um, So I have some more spoilers coming here if you haven't read Jane Eyre. And would like to keep it spoiler free. Um, so we find out through the story that turns out Mr. Rochester is a little bit already married. <laughs> so uh, there is um, there's actually a funny quote about it online. It's like worried about skeletons in the closet or a Bertha in the attic. Uh, so he is hiding a, a, his wife who has basically spun into madness. And back then there wasn't a lot of things that you could do for somebody who had quote-unquote lost their minds uh there wasn't like the structure that we have today or like care facilities it was basically locking them in an insane asylum and then calling it a day um and he didn't want to do that fun fact actually this is totally <laughs> random <laughs> but hysterectomies like you know yeah. getting your uterus removed comes from hysteria which is basically yeah. women like what they called crazy women yeah <laughs> and i was like that's so wild isn't that crazy i oh, remember that's yeah. such an ancient term and we still use it which yeah. is wild totally wild okay, yeah no that's that was i like i enjoyed that tangent thank you um so you do find out that he is in fact married so uh he's been they, they're they're like about to get married themselves and she finds out that he's married huge betrayal she runs away uh the this is maybe one of the most iconic endings I've ever read in a novel because it's stuck with me. Uh, so the last chapter of this book begins with the line, Reader, I married him. Oh, and that line 
is just so beautiful. One, Charlotte Bronte has this beautiful way of addressing the reader while you're reading, which is very fun. Mm -hmm. It's a fourth wall break without really being a fourth wall break, but she just addresses the reader directly. And you feel very included in the story and very, like, treasured. And I remember reading this and just thinking, like, oh, like, I, like, I'm privy to this. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) she, like, she's including me, but also, like, felt it was important. Anyway, I love that line. I think it's brilliant. Um, And the chapter before is essentially Jane coming back into contact with him and finding out that after she left, there was a terrible fire. Bertha actually died in the fire because, and Mr. Mr. Rochester tried to save her. She ended up jumping because she thought she could fly. Mm-hmm. Is that it's kind of implied that like she didn't really realize what she was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, forgive me if it wasn't like a flying thing, but I, I think there was a line about that. Anyway, um, so you get to see their moment of reconciliation. He's actually been blinded by the fire, so it's oh, this beautiful God. moment where she actually like teases him and pretends she's not who she is, even though he's heard her voice and he thinks he's going crazy. Mm-hmm. So she she kind of, like, makes, like, she teases him, like, pretty hard for a, a man who's been through a little bit of trauma. But, like, it's kind of, he kind of deserves it a little bit, you know? Like, you're <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. And he, like, he got his, 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 he got what he deserved a little bit, which is awful to say. But he had been harboring this horrible secret and a very, very bad thing happened to him. Yeah. Which is also, like, it felt karmic and okay mm-hmm. that, like, there was this tragedy and, like, then they had this reconciliation. And it is just a beautiful ending. Um, Bronte is a great writer. Like, regardless, like, she's some of the most beautiful prose I've read. And so, and she has this really great way um, of just weaving everything together. So I, I think it's one of the best endings I've ever yeah. read. And it all comes down to that line, like, reader, I married him. Like, I think that's just, like, so chef's kiss. Beautiful. Yeah. Like, that's ugh. That's really great. Ugh. I mean, I read the book, and I was, like, didn't really understand what was happening half the time. But <laughs> you were just talking about him, like, oh, yeah, that happened. You're like, yeah, that was, that was actually really nice. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. My next one is The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon by Stephen King. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, this book... I don't know, I think I read it when I was, like, 14. And it's probably one of those books that when people are like, oh, yeah, Stephen King, horror writer, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but have you read The Girl Who Loved Tom, Tom Gordon? Like, I feel like it's not very well noted. Notice. What? What's the word I'm looking for? Unknown? Well known. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Had a moment amazing. there. That was amazing. <laughs> well noticed. Anyways. Well noticed. <laughs> So this is a description. Side note, I have, I actually have quite a few Stephen King novels that I haven't read. I know he's written a lot and I've read quite a few Stephen King novels. Not a ton, but a few. And I've never heard of this book. So I I don't think it's well noticed. I, uh, I I picked it up from the library and I think it was one of the few left of his because I was like trying to get into him. Yeah. And it makes sense why no one picked it up. Like, obviously, no one else has noticed it either. Okay, anyways. Poor poor book. (laughs) Poor book. Anyways, so it's about a nine-year-old Trisha McFarlane who strays from the path while she and her recently divorced mother and brother take a hike along a branch of the Appalachian Trail. Yeah. Lost for days, wandering farther and farther astray, Trisha has only her portable radio for comfort. A huge fan of Tom Gordon, a Boston Red Sox relief pitcher... She listens to baseball games and fantasizes that her hero will save her. Nature, nature isn't her only adversary, though. Be, something dangerous may be tracking Trisha through the dark woods. So it's like survivor, survival, horror, thriller, suspense, adventure, like all, all the it. things. Um, and I thought it was a great ending. Like, I still think about the book. So I just know, you know, like, yeah. I, I enjoyed the book. Um, I just remember being so relieved. When the ending came. So, like, spoiler alert, she doesn't die. <laughs> she actually makes it out of the forest, surprisingly, after, like, days. You never her. know with Stephen King either. That's the well, great thing. And I think that's one reason I enjoyed the ending, because I was expecting this sad tragedy ending of a nine-year-old dying in the forest or yeah. who knows what. Um, so, yeah, like, it just proved to me how versatile Stephen King was, because yeah. I... T- 
didn't know he could write such a positive ending. Yeah. And just, it was just so, it just made a lot of sense. Like, it basically ends where she's, like, wake, she wakes up, she, like, she develops pneumonia and stuff. Like, she's surviving in the freaking wilderness. <laughs> like, yeah. It's rough. And she ends up in the hospital. So, you know, she made it out of the woods. And her dad, literally mm-hmm. and figuratively. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, um, her dad is just sitting by her on her bed and he's the one who introduced her to Red Sox and Tom Gordon and it's just like she has her little hat of the Boston Red Sox and when Mm -hmm. her dad gets up to go and she just kind of like signals to the hat to like put it on her and he's just like yeah of course like puts the hat on her and it's just so like nice it's so nice and so satisfying because it's like this little girl was freaking struggling like this thing with like wasps as a face was following her. Yikes! And that sounds that's Stephen King. That's Stephen King, and I was like, "Whoa, what is happening?" But <laughs> it's a psychological battle that she yeah. has to go through this whole book. So you're just rooting for her, and like you want her to make it, and she's just has all these little clever things yeah. to help her get through. And it was just, it's just a good ending. Like I don't know. I love that. I yeah. love just a good ending. Just a good ending, and like. You know, like, so if you want to read it. I I, I, I do enjoy that you yeah. were like, she survives. And that's the she good part. She survives. <laughs> and that's what's important because, you know, if, if you want a book that's Stephen King, but you know what's going to happen, like, that's a good one to start with. That's actually great for a lot of people. I know, like, a lot of people like knowing the mm-hmm. end of books like that because they it's, can't. It was stressful. Suspense. Yeah, it was um, definitely a suspenseful book. And that's why I think I enjoyed the ending because it was yeah. a good ending. <laughs> I've read... Um, I, I, I find his endings are nice. Um, the journey isn't always, like, I, I mean this, like, both literally, like, they aren't nice because, like, crazy, like, psychotic shit happens. Yeah. But also, like, sometimes he just, like, it, sometimes I'm like, you just really were like, how can I make this more interesting? And, like, sometimes it sticks and sometimes it doesn't. Like, yeah. I've, I've read those books where I'm like, wow, that was not great. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think The Stand, I really, I do love The Stand by Stephen King, but it has those moments where in the middle I'm like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. why? Yeah. Why was that, why is this a thing, Stephen? <laughs> What's going on, bud? Yeah. Um, but the ending felt very, like... Like, neat? I don't, I don't know. Neat isn't the right word, but very, like, I was satisfied with the yeah. ending. I was satisfied with the ending of The Shining. Like, you get, yeah. you're very satisfied with I the ending loved, of the books. I feel like the ending I loved was The Shining, but... I think with this book particularly, it was just, it was comfort. Like, you felt her comfort of being with her dad by her side, being with her Which is interesting, too, because he's actually, so he, he depart, he, he does a really great job of imparting, like, emotion. Mm -hmm. Like, you actually do feel often like the characters. You feel that fear. You felt that scare, like, that, that fear. And your fear was coming from your your fear for her. Yeah. But, like, you still felt her fear in a way. And so you felt her comfort at the end, which I think is really beautiful. Yeah, I know. Stephen I love that. King is, he's not underrated, but sometimes I feel like he gets like... He he got so overrated that we started underrating yeah. him and now we need to, we need to rate him a little higher exactly. again. <laughs> like, just go we need to give him a little more credit again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I have, I have two more and then one that I just want to kind of mention. Um, I don't know how many more you uh, have. One more and then one I want to mention. Okay, perfect. So I'm going to... I'm going to slam through one here. So this one's really quick. So I talked about it before, um, but Gaddy's Tale by Kevin Crossley Holland. So this is part of the Arthur series that I've been talking about. So it started with the Seeing Stone mm-hmm. novel. Um, so Gaddy's Tale is a spinoff from this series, the Arthur trilogy. Um, I wouldn't recommend the series without this book, even though it's not technically considered part of the trilogy. Like, it's part of the series, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wraps up the series really, really nicely. Whereas, like, the last book, which is uh, King of Middle March in the trilogy, kind of, like, it was a good ending, but it wasn't, it didn't feel final. And this one felt very final. Like, it felt, okay, this is all that's going to happen with these characters, but I'm satisfied. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gaddy, who is a side character in the Arthur trilogy in this novel, is the main character, and she's 15. Uh, she's kind of like a farmhand, but... She's chosen to be a second chamber servant for um, one of the ladies, uh, Lady Gwyneth. Um, Lady Gwyneth ends up going on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, 
and Gaddy accompanies her and it's the tale of that story. So it, it's, there's romance <laughs> woven in right at the end, but the whole story is very like adventure, very, um, there's lots of discussion about um, kind of religion and stuff like that. Uh, very interesting themes. Um, so during the story, we watch her grow immensely um, to the point that when she returns home, she understands her feeling and her destiny in kind of an utter clarity, which is just really beautifully written. And then naturally at the novel's end, we see Arthur again. And if I'm remembering correctly, actually, they literally stare at each other for a second from across a field, which is just like so cliche and beautiful. <laughs> yeah. um, and we kind of watch them declare their love for each other, which is something that was like very underlined, but very underhanded in the trilogy itself was this like growing relationship between them. I've reread just the ending of this book so many times, like not very recently. So I do apologize if I've remembered any part of it incorrectly, but it's just so beautiful in how he manages to weave together the story and this little bit of romance um, that just, like, leaves you very satisfied. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice ending. I love that. I love, like, when you read a book and you're just like, okay, like, you want them to be together. And the, mm-hmm. the hints are there that they'll probably will. But yeah. But it's just, like, nice to get, it's like, reader satisfaction when the author actually, yeah. like, acknowledges it. <laughs> acknowledges it. And it was, like, s- suggested a lot in king of middle march but it wasn't directly said and then then it just like this was just such a nice way to finalize the series um i really appreciated it oh i love that (laughs) okay my last one uh flame in the mist by renee adier i've never heard of this no it's well i picked it up because it's like a mulan-esque but naturally what's new um So basically, it's a historical fantasy based loosely on feudal Japan about the betrothed betrothed, betrothed daughter of a prominent samurai, Hattori, who, having survived an assassination attempt, disguises herself as a boy and infiltrates the clan responsible. This is very, very Mulan. It is in Japan. (laughs) So good. Anyways, so it's book one of a duology. Okay, nice. And it's just, it's just overall a great book. And I just love the ending because it just had such a great plot twist. And it was like, you just needed to get that second book ASAP. But of course, it wasn't out yet when I was reading it. Naturally, so yeah. I was just like, you know what? You're clever, Renee. You know how to keep me interested. Um, And I think that's why I just enjoyed the ending because it was like it had all of these things that were left loose that could have been that were answered in the second book, but it was also enough that you're like, like you're just invested in what's happening in the characters and the story. And I don't know. I don't, I just love that when it's like a little plot twist and you're like, just a little, little bit, a little something, just a little bit of something to keep me reading. And that's why I enjoyed it. So nice. I could say more about this book. That's not related just to the ending because it's just a great book and like in general yeah don't because i want to read it yeah so <laughs> i recommend it it's, it's a good young adult and yeah. i love that okay so i have one more that i'll talk in depth and then there's just a couple like honorable mentions that i think are worth mentioning mm-hmm. uh so i have just, it's sailor moon 12 <laughs> <laughs> so it. the last installment of the sailor moon series by Nawakao uh, Takeuchi. I really hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, but Sailor Moon, for those of you who weren't at least slightly obsessed with the 90s anime, tells the story <laughs> of several young girls who discover that they have planetary superpowers. So these special powers are activated when they change costumes in a very, very oh, fun manner, which is the best it. part of the show. Yeah. And allow these Sailor Scouts or Guardians uh, to fight evil and look freaking fabulous while doing it. Um, that was 100% my own synopsis. Did you like <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Thank you. So the story of Sailor Moon gets quite complex over the course of the series and as bigger and badder enemies come up to upset the balance of the literal universe. In the final installment of the series, we find Sailor Moon, who has now taken the form of Eternal Sailor Moon. So she has, like, these beautiful wings. Uh, very important. Uh, we actually find her basically all alone. And more than that, and this is very, very severe spoilers, um, I don't think this ruins too much. You should definitely still read it. It's a beautiful graphic novel as well. 
Um, so uh, not a graphic novel, it is a manga, sorry, but it is beautiful. Like the artwork is just gorgeous. But um, we actually in the previous installments have actually watched her watch the people she loved die, mm-hmm. which is something that they dabble with throughout the series is like her seeing them die. But this feels very final, like they've actually died and they are no longer there. And um, which is it's it's suddenly very dark. Which is, it's like, yeah, they're fighting evil and like the evil is always really dark, but like they always have this overwhelming sense of like companionship and team that when they showed the first person die, which was actually like Momo, like her love interest, Tuxedo Mask, I was like, I was, I was fucking shook, man. (laughs) I was like, what just happened? Like, you know, we have, we have all these cute stories, all these cute, like, outfit changes, and, like, this dude just died in front of her, and she passed out, and then she actually, like, like, her mind made her forget it. Mm -hmm. So she, like, was like, oh, no, he's just in America. Oh. Which was very interesting. Yeah. So, like, the whole time you're like, no, girl, she, he's dead. He and died. she's like, yeah, no, he's having a great trip, but he just hasn't written me any letters or called me once. So, it's very isolating, which is something that, like, isn't really discussed throughout the rest of the stories. Um, so, anyway, in the last book, um, Takeuchi actually forces Sailor Moon to fight alone, which is really new. Um, she's also fighting for the entirety of the universe or all of the universes. It's, it's the fate of the entire world, literally. Mm -hmm. So the stakes are at their absolute highest, which is like, the stakes kept getting higher. You knew it was going (laughs) to get here. Uh, so the reason I really love this novel's ending, because while of course we know that Yusagi is going to get a happy ending, we, she's not going to kill her. Like we know Mm -hmm. that. Uh, Takeuchi does a great job of wrapping up the series without it feeling too nicely bundled. Uh, which is a theme I'm noticing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so forcing Yusagi to face um, this fight almost completely alone also cements the slow character growth we've witnessed throughout the entire series, which is really nice to see how much she has grown to be able to fight these fights still in the name of like friendship and all those like lovely ideals, but also just for herself. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just phenomenal. I've, I've, it's hard to end a series. I've noticed that because lots of people yeah. don't do it very well. They either go too heartbreaking or too, um, you know, safe. They don't kill off the big characters or they try to do something very flashy and it doesn't work mm-hmm. out. And what I really loved about this is it felt true to the series. We got a lot of explanations of why a lot of big, bad, evil guys and girls had come for Sailor Moon over the course of the series. But we also um, got to see her growth and we were left with very beautiful images and also just like a moment where she finally had to fight for herself. Like, I just thought that part was like so beautiful. Mm -hmm. I also had no idea how it was going to wrap up nicely. Like it was, it was quite, it was looking bleak for a little bit. I was like, (laughs) there's no way it's a bad ending. I just don't know how she's going to get out of this one. So that was fun. Um, Definitely recommend it. Uh, Artwork is stunning as well. So that just. That just a nice little cherry on top. I love that. This like sounds kind of bad, but I feel like with mangas, I just feel like they're never ending. So it's nice to hear about one that actually <laughs> has like an ending. That no, it's true. Like I, I also I like that it ended and it felt finite. Like yeah. it felt like you couldn't really delve back into that world, um, unless you did like prequels and stuff, which I'm totally opening open for um authors and um artists to do, but it felt like. It was like, yeah, she's going to face some hardships coming up, but they're not really worth talking about anymore Mm -hmm. because we know how they're going to end. Yeah. And I I really actually appreciated that it was an end and it was finite and it was just beautifully told. Yeah. Aw, love that. Yeah. Okay, what's your honorable mention? Um, The Iron Widow by Jiren J. Shao. Okay, yeah, that was a, that one almost made my list. (laughs) Fabulous. If you have not read that book, go read it right now. Like, put down. It's every book it's a good one i i have never like had to actually pick my job off the floor before <laughs> it was so what this Kate, i kind of got this feeling from emma where it was just like the last few chapters were just like what is happening yeah like, and you're just devouring it. it i love yeah, that too and that's what she and it's like it's one of those moments where you check how many yeah. like the, it's like a meme online but you check how many pages are left and you're like 
ah, shit. <laughs> like, there's okay. no way it's going to wrap so up. Gonna so that's how I felt with, like, Emma, with Jane Austen, and then with Iron Widow, too. Like, mm-hmm. Jir and Jay Shao just, like... They did a phenomenal job. They, it was... It's good. <laughs> uh, so I have an honorable mention. Um, you kind of already said it, actually. So Persuasion, Anna, and Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. I don't want to go into huge details because it's just not worth me saying, oh, I like them. Yeah. Again, but they they all end really nicely. They all end very happy. Um, But I don't even think that's why I love them so much. I think I just, you get the ending you were waiting for and she drags it on for a little bit sometimes. But by the mm-hmm. time you hit the end, you're like, wow, that was, that was what I wanted. And like, yeah. that was, I feel satisfied with this book. And it's enough to make me go rat go back and maybe read a few pages but I don't feel like it left anything hanging too too much so I just think she's phenomenal way of yeah putting in this little tight little nice knot ah well that was fun well that was fun all right well what are you reading next? Don't grab that jar yet. What are we reading really next, Megan? Next topic. I'm excited for the next. I know. Um, I am still reading The Dragon Republic. Arc okay. Long, so second book of the Poppy War series. Yes. Hopefully finish that. Um, Probably going to start a couple graphic novels. Mm. I have one here. Let me see. Monstrous. Marjorie Liu and Santa Takeda. Interesting. Yeah, it's a little bit dark um i see an endorsement by neil gaiman on the front yeah neil gaiman endorses that so it's just the first volume um i'll finish it let you guys know how it goes and that's about it so far i got nothing else that i'm committed to graphic novels are funny to me because they're either um they're like zero to a hundred like either they are light and fluffy and beautiful or they are the darkest shit you've ever seen and there is in between (laughs) but like you never know what you're gonna get like i pick up one and i'm like this could be a nice story about a girl going to scotland Mm -hmm. or it could literally be somebody getting torn apart and me seeing their intestines from zombies yeah. And anything in between is fair game. Yeah. <laughs> so it's always a ride. I love it. I love it. Um, I don't know what I'm reading next. So that's fun. Let me help you. I <laughs> have I have a, a large pile of books mm-hmm. sitting upstairs in my house. And so I will be picking up one of those. I, I think it's going to be, and I don't want to commit myself to anything. Yeah. Goodness knows that's the quickest way to make sure I don't read it. Um, but the follow-up to um, A Song of Wraiths and Ruin, oh, yes. um, which is a psalm of storms and something. I'm so <laughs> sorry, Roseanne Brown, that it is slipping my mind. Um, but it is um, the next installment in that series, which I really enjoyed when it came out. Very enemies to lovers romance in yeah. there. So I'm excited to pick it back up. Yay! I'm excited for you to read it. And you're excited to draw the next topic. And I'm so let's do that. I'll draw? Okay. Okay. Oh, this one's gonna be this one's gonna be fun. Um, so this one is courtesy of Alicia, uh, who also brought our last um topic so thank you alicia i got some good ones yeah i got some good ones in here um so it is what are some of the best themes you've read in a novel this feels like english class this is so hard (laughs) so thanks for the essay assignment alicia am i back in english 30 just kidding it'll be good Got a, um, so do you want it like MLA or Chicago yeah, or right. what format? full on essays we're reading, right? Yeah, um, just because <laughs> there a word count, a page count. Yours would just like outshine mine so hard. If I did take an English degree. So. Yeah, I'm like, I haven't written in any format in so long. So let's just keep it simple. Let's keep it simple. All right, yeah. well, we can try that for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, that'll be fun. I'm... I'm hoping this one's going to be the opposite, because usually I see the topic, and I'm like, oh, that's going to be easy. And then this one, I'm like, this is going to be a lot of work, so maybe that'll make it feel easy. That's how I'm feeling, hopefully. All right. Well, Alicia, you you gave us some work. Let's let's do it. Um, With that in mind, we are at 
the end of today's podcast. Mm -hmm. So thanks for chatting with me. And I do want to let you know, so we do take questions from our listeners. If you want to uh, get one of your topics into our book jar, then you can just let us know on Instagram and DM us at the book jar pod. Um, and we'll add it to the jar. And when we draw, we get to talk about it. So that's yeah. the fun part. Yay. Otherwise, yeah, if you liked what you listened to, we thank you so much for listening in the first place. Um, feel free, if you haven't already, to give us a review. We really appreciate those. And if you want more content from us, we do have an Instagram account. So that is at the book jar pod on Instagram and you can check us out there. We mostly make silly reels and do book reviews. So mm -hmm. lots of varying content there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, that's it. And we will see you in the next one. Bye.